Well, Lauren, another fascinating and engaging show has been done. Really one of my favorite subjects, travel and getting out of one's bubble with our guest who's still here with us, Mr. Tim Kelly. Can't get rid of me. <laughs> I'm glad to have you. It's been uh, five years, but I'm glad you finally made it back. Yes, it's crazy it's been five years. It doesn't feel like that. Folks uh, listening in, if you don't know who Tim is, you're going to find out. Listen, a very interesting dude. He's also the proprietor of Kelly's Filling Station in Yontville, which has a great Instagram account. Let's give it to them right now. They can play along at home. They can sure. see what's going on. That's... Um, Oh, it's uh, just Kelly's underscore Yountville is the handle for Instagram or Kelly's Filling Station. I'm sure you will pop up as well. Fantastic. Have a look. Now, before we get to the show, I think Lauren Mole has a few things he'd like to say. We invite you to join Judd at his family's winery at the south end of Silverado Trail. Judd's Hill Winery, located at 2332 Silverado Trail here in Napa Valley, California, USA. Visiting information is at Judd'sHill.com. Or you can call 707-255-2332. Thank you very much. And while you are online getting that visiting information, take a look around the website. There's events to be had at the winery, away from the winery, trips. There's uh, some fun videos we've made over the years. And you know what? There's wine. Lots of delicious wine. And Lauren, I think for being loyal listeners, let's give them a bit of a deal, shall we? Just type in coupon code JNVS, all lowercase letters, please, and you'll get 15% off your entire wine order. And if that's not enough, you can join the Judd's Hill Wine Club anytime, day or night. That's true as well. The greatest wine club there is. Uh, guaranteed good times with fine wines among the verdant vines of Napa Valley. All that information is online as well. We'd love to see you. We guarantee a good time. It's what we do. We also do that here in the studio so i think let's get to this fun show shall we and now enjoy the show judd's napa valley show every episode a veritable cornucopia of finkel fun get ready for another heap of fascinating things to know from witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No sales script and no rehearsing. Live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person. On Judd's Napa Valley Show. Pardon me. I'll have a Chardonnay, a marvelous date, it's hard to say. I know we never talk about the Sauvignon Blanc. It's a must-have on the podcast. It's Judd's Napa Valley Show. You can't ease this flow if I elaborate over a Cabernet. My buddy's the truth. You should study my man Juddy and learn something new. And now, live from Wine Down Media Studios at South Napa Century Center, it's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lauren Mole, and here's your host, Judd Finkelstein! Oh my goodness, Lauren Mole. How are you, sir? Thank you for that rousing introduction. What's huh. happening? I'm doing fine, Jet. Uh, well, on this past Saturday, I got to go see a Vintage Highs production of uh, West Side Story. I'm hearing rave reviews. Did you enjoy it? I did. Those kids are top-notch. Class <laughs> act. And you would know, having lived a life of theater. Of course. 
Yeah, you you've been doing productions of a long, long time. I Did you ever consider becoming a a critic? Maybe uh, going with your notepad and I know you don't normally wear glasses, but they make you look smarter. You'd show up with glasses and a notepad, and maybe what else do critics? Maybe a a tweed jacket with elbow patches and sit there in the front row, yes. uh, just taking notes because performers love seeing that. It, it puts them at ease when they see someone like that right up front taking notes throughout the performance. Well, I haven't thought about being a critic yet, but when I always hear. Critic, I always think of Gene Siskel and, and Roger Ebert. Sure, sure. Yep, and I always have to bring my thumb. <laughs> to put up or down, I guess. Yep, up or down. <laughs> okay. Well, good. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I'm actually hoping to get there this weekend. Schedule's a little in flux, but it's on my calendar, so I'm, I'm really hoping ah. to get there. I've been hearing great things. Of course, West Side Story, a classic of uh, the American musical, and um, I, I hope to get there. Glad to hear you right. enjoyed Thanks. And also, uh, Napa Valley Voices with Cindy Skinner uh, Mm -hmm. coming up a little bit later this spring. USA's uh, Road Trip Repertoire. And, Judd, I've been lying to you the last couple of times. What? It's not a public event. It's private. Well, I don't think that counts as a lie. I think you were just, I don't want to accuse you of being a liar because I've never known you to be anything other than uh, upright, straightforward, a man of integrity, not a liar. Well, is what I'm saying. So yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to chalk this up to you. You just had, you didn't have the the information. I just didn't have the information, but okay. now I know. But you know what, Jen? Yeah. Here, I'm going to make it simple for you. Okay, please. I would love. That's to, what I need. I would love to invite you as a special guest of honor oh, to one God. of our uh, events. I would love to for attend. USA Road Trip. Will you keep me in the loop as to when these are? Absolutely, I, I'd love to. I guess it's not really worth mentioning on the air because, <laughs> sorry, folks, you can't come. <laughs> these are private events. But Lauren will be amazing, and I'll, I'll do. A critique sure and i'll bring it to the air after that's fine so uh so what's been going on with you judd uh well didn't you didn't i hear you went on a fantastic trip i did that actually is what i've been up to I took advantage of well i don't ever really have time off but um saw an opportunity i could get away for a few days have not had a like a vacation that's purely just a getaway with no other responsibilities with just the wife and we did. We took about four days and we went up to, spent a night in Seattle and then up to Victoria, British Columbia for a few nights. And it was, it was wonderful. It is, I don't know. Have you been up there? Uh, I, here, here's something I got to tell you, Judd. Yeah. I've never been outside the United States oh, you before. Know, we did talk I've about that. I've only seen the Canadian border though. I just have never been into Canada. You've seen the border from where? Uh, from, well, my mom and dad and I, we took a trip up to Seattle 10 years ago. Okay, well, that's pretty close. That's a nice spot. Yeah, we just didn't get quite into Canada because we all didn't have passports. Okay, well, we've talked about that, and we'll talk about it again. But on... I did recently get a passport a you, few months ago. You did. You mentioned you were going to, and it happened? Uh, it, I did. Wonderful. I finally got my own passport. I think it's great. You know, whether you have a plan to use it or not, I, I it, it's, and get, if, get, I know we have a traveler here as our guest. You're welcome to pop in on this because I know you have some ideas or we can save it for the, for the, but you're, you're smiling. You want to wait for the. Uh, well, thanks, Judd. Thanks yeah. for that, uh, <laughs> that, that call in. Um, I, uh. Well, I have, a, I have a passport story myself, um, but we'll get to that. We'll get to it. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you have it because whether you have plans for it or not, it's just nice to have the opportunity to have the opportunity, as it were. You know, if something comes up like, oh, I can go. That'll be fun. So this was sort of not exactly last minute, but within maybe a few weeks, we decided to go up to British Columbia, uh, which as you know, is in another country. Just barely. It's kind of, um, it's the southernmost tip of the side of Canada, I suppose, or maybe all of Canada. Oh, I thought you were saying Canada's just 
barely another country. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's so close to Seattle, Victoria, you don't really feel like you've made an international yes. trip going from, yes. you know, you get on a ferry and a couple hours later you're there or on the way back, we actually took a seaplane. I've never done that Ooh. before. That was exciting. That was, uh, you know, a little, I've never been in a seaplane. It was fun that we got in and the guy says, um, uh, we were at, we we're at the, the terminal in Victoria, just right on the water. And there's, you know, this beautiful, I don't know what it is, a, um, what do they call it? A de Havilland, I believe is the type of plane, okay. a seaplane. And, um, you know, a guy stood up dressed as casually as you and I right now, or all of us, maybe with a little zip up sweater. And he just said, Seattle. And six people stood up and said, all right, I'm Richard. Uh, I'll be your pilot. You know, follow me to the plane. <laughs> and he loaded the... The bags, he gave us the safety demonstration. He said, wow. you know, fasten your seatbelts. It's a beautiful day for uh, flying. It, the weather is fine to get to Seattle, but it's going to get really bumpy. So <laughs> strap yourselves in. And it was a beautiful day. It got, it, 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 we got bumped around a little bit. Uh, it really wasn't as bad as I was expecting from his uh, warning. Though. But yeah, new experiences. And Victoria itself, the natural beauty up there is absolutely stunning. We, we, we had no responsibilities. We pretty much just took scenic drives and looked around at the, the islands, the coastline, went up to the, some of their parks that have these mountainous lookouts. Um, gorgeous. Food was great. Uh, cocktail scene was great. We stayed right downtown. You could walk everywhere which was fun. And the people were absolutely, I don't know if the word's disarming, unnervingly friendly. <laughs> you, and I, I, I think I travel with a pretty nice, friendly crowd. And um, I was still taken aback by how willing to engage pretty much everybody we encountered up there was. Oh, Whether it was just people on the street, noticed we were walking around and maybe overheard us asking, hey, where do you think this place is? Like, boom, there's someone there to help you. Um, at every place we stopped in, the servers, the uh, the clerks, whatever, just, it was amazing the way they would want want to talk and be helpful and friendly. And even even at the, like the, the hipster type bars, which to me around here, I'm not that they're unfriendly, but I think there's like this, you get this sense of we're doing something here and you've got to accept, you have to accept what we're doing to be a part of it. There were places we went into that looked like that decor wise and the bar, you know, maybe the bearded bartenders with the tattoos and the, you know, the close cropped hair where I'd get that vibe here. But up there, it, it couldn't have been more welcoming and, hi, how are you guys? Have you been in before? Oh, here's some of our specials. We're going to have fun. You know, wow. Anyway, I loved being in hospitality. It was really refreshing. So I'd recommend if you need a, a dose of uh, customer service and hospitality, you either go to Disneyland or up to uh, Victoria, British Columbia. That's, that's my that's recommendation of the Canadians day. Canadians are known for that, right? I mean, it is one of those there. stereotypes. And I don't mean to spread stereotypes, but... Um, in my recent travels, I've been up there twice now in the past few years for, you know, for fun. Did a little Vancouver trip a little back. Uh, I, I, I would say that's a stereotype that seems to hold, for the most part, friendly. That's great. There you go. <laughs> so that's what I've been up to, Lauren. Just a little travel. Right on, Judd. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Well, we have a traveler here, and we can get into it. I, I feel like we've already kind of started the discussion, but we should give him a proper introduction. Oh, we think? should. All right. Would you mind, please? The easy rhyme here would be smelly, and we could, for good luck, rub his belly. But he deserves more respect 
as a traveler, artist, and architect, it's our old pal, back again, Tim Kelly. <laughs> there he is. Lauren, you got the rhymes. You ah, got the rhymes all day long. Thanks, Tim. Hey, it's so great to have you back on the show and first time for you in our new studio. It's wonderful. Yes. Thank you. Lauren, we were trying to figure out when was Tim last here? It's probably about five years or so. Yes, but back at Broadcast Park. True is. enough. And it was on St. Patrick's, St. Patrick's Day. And Tim Kelly, um, you know, the name almost gives it away, but a good Irishman here. Happy to be your token Irishman for the day. <laughs> That's right. So we had you on the day itself, St. Patrick's Day, last time you were here. Now yes. we're a week away. Yeah. So maybe we'll get into that at some point if you have some ideas about sure, the holiday. Sure, but we don't need to get into the green beer like last time. That's okay. I, I rarely get into green beer. <laughs> we can we can talk about all kinds of traditions. Um, <laughs> but let's talk about you. Okay, so you've been here before. So uh, quick recap. Folks can scroll back. I, I, I should have written down the date. You're, well, we know it was, we think it was five years ago. Yes. We know it was St. Patrick's Day. It's on the podcast still. Okay, so you can scroll back. Five years later. Go find the podcast, uh, Judd's Napa Valley Show on iTunes. Scroll back, you can listen. So just to catch people up, uh, you're from Tucson. You attended school at Northern Arizona University. You were up there as a snowboard instructor. You went down to Tempe, Phoenix, to do design and architecture work. Uh, eventually, at some point, you got married. You moved to Napa. Uh, you opened Kelly's Filling Station in Yontville. That's correct. Uh, home of Napa's finest hot dog. And now here we are. <laughs> there you okay, go. Okay, everyone's caught up. <laughs> That's pretty much it, yeah. Okay, good. So we don't have to rehash any of that old stuff. Well, and I'd like to say, since we're yes. talking about Canadians and the gas oh, station, yes. it's an interesting uh, cross-section when you, when you help people out at the gas station. Uh, you meet people from all over the world. Mm -hmm. The Canadians consistently have the best senses of humor that uh, I've come across. So, Is that? Yeah. Again, perhaps a stereotype, but what I've found to be very true. Yeah. So. I don't find that surprising. Again, I've been up there now twice in the past, maybe three years, and along with being friendly, very good humored. And then, of course, you know, down here we get exposed to some Canadian culture, and comedy is a big part of it. There is a SCTV, one of my favorite series ever. Lorne Michaels, of course, of Saturday Night Live, is Canadian, and many of their original cast members, and Kids in the Hall. And you're leaving out Bob and Doug McKenzie. Well, you're right. That is part of SCTV. <laughs> oh. Those were those were characters from SCTV. But yeah, I, and again, I don't know how um, <laughs> representative they really are. And in fact, you probably, I, I wonder, I've never asked an actual Canadian. If we have any Canadian listeners, um, I'd say call in, except we don't have a call in line. How do you yes. feel about Bob and Doug? They seem like caricatures to me. Um, sure. Maybe playing on some stereotypes that Canadians have of themselves, of a certain strata of person i'm not sure i am reading <laughs> we're going on, on about canada but i'll put in this plug i'm only about a third of the way through but i picked it up uh, up there i was in a bookstore and it, the title just caught me it said how to be canadian so <laughs> so i picked it up and it's written by these two brothers who are humorists so um it's comedic and you know i was flipping through and i read a couple passages and i was laughing out loud in the bookstore so i of course bought it because i wanted some more laughs so again with the humor and th they were not so pleased with the McK they do bring up the mckenzie oh, brothers really? and how because of them they had to suffer you know americans saying you know um hey take off your hoser and and they have american cousins who they'd spend the summer with who wouldn't shut up Okay. telling them to take off. Scratching that off yeah. my notes right now, not to say that. Dang. Yeah, I, well, I don't know. You know, it might be worth further investigation um, amongst Canadian well, friends. Well, those were simpler times. I suppose so, right. the early 80s. Well, let's talk about what you've been up to. Uh, sure. You, you are the proprietor of Kelly's Filling Station in Yontville. 
And um, it is at the gas station in Yonville where you have uh, created quite not only a, uh, an establishment, but a little community that seems to revolve around your, your place up there. We because do. We do. We have an amazing general manager in Mariko and a great team. And we, uh, we really try to make sure that um, we take care of our locals. Yeah. And we have a great dog following and <laughs> and human following. <laughs> you put out uh, a little water and don't you have little treats? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And and um someone had created even an like an Instagram feed for dogs of Kelly's or something. Is like that right? That. So just you know, just having fun with it. But it's uh it's just a wonderful way to um to engage people and, and we felt when we opened it that it was something that uh you know, was needed, you know, and not just because of the, the working gas pumps, but, yeah. uh, but just to, to allow people a point of connection that's authentic and simple and, and, you know, a, a straightforward approach. So that's what we've tried to do. Well, it's a nice place to hang out too. You, you are an artist and we can delve into that as well. Mm-hmm. So you've, you've built it out with an artist's eye. So it's, it's, yeah, a- we even have a gallery wall right there. Uh, I've been switching out, uh, you know, semi-regularly every few months uh and right now we're featuring a photographer named jimmy hayes uh who's oh i know jimmy yeah jimmy so his work's up on the wall he's a great guy great photographer okay so i i didn't confirm that that was him but i I assumed i mean there were photographs and said jimmy hayes but Mm i need to ask jimmy himself they struck me these these photographs they're very stark mm-hmm. and they are of landscapes and highwayscapes of Kern County in uh, Southern California. They are and and you know one of the themes with um, with Kelly's that we kind of embarked on at the start was to try and think of you know things that you'd want for that perfect road trip mm-hmm. and and so from that evolved some fun things we've done over the years, which is sort of our, uh, our annual guerrilla film festival that is <laughs> yes. uh, juried by myself. And I pick <laughs> out vintage, uh, largely older movies that have some sort of loose road trip theme or at least old gas stations in them. Uh, and right now we're featuring art that's from a road trip and, uh, you know, and it's inspired uh, me to take more road trips with my family. What a great segue. <laughs> I love it because this really is the meat of what I wanted to talk to you. I'm glad you brought that up and I didn't have to awkwardly like crowbar it into conversation and awkwardly point out the segues. So <laughs> I'm here for you, Judge. <laughs> Thanks. You did something that I think is, is inspiring and right up my alley. It's not anything I've done myself, but something I've certainly thought about doing and what would that be like? And you did it and you've lived it. And before we get into what it, is you did. Um, I'm going to read the oft quoted quote that I oft quote here on this show because Lauren, it goes back to you uh, saying how you got a passport. You know, we've talked about this, how important I feel it is to get out of one's uh, comfort zone, out of one's bubble, experience the world, experience life, experience other people, other cultures, gain an appreciation for, um, well, just for others that are out there. So here, here's, here's the quote. And this is Mark Twain from The Innocents Abroad, which I believe is 1869. I think it was post-Civil War, uh, chronicling uh, one of his journeys that he took through uh, Europe and uh, the Holy Land, I believe. And here's the quote. Travel is fatal to prejudice. And you could stop right there and just say, that's the crux of it, right? You get yeah, out there, there, you start understanding others and other cultures, and 
you know, some of these preconceived notions, hopefully some ill feelings will melt away for the most part, we hope. So here we go. Travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness. And many of our people need it sorely on these accounts. Broad, wholesome, charitable views of men and things cannot be acquired by vegetating in one little corner of the earth all one lifetime. That sums it up. That's, that, that's like my philosophy in a nutshell. Thank you, Mark Twain. So you did it, man. You, you got out there. And we talked about passports, but we also talk about you don't actually have to travel the globe to gain these new appreciations. You can find a food festival that might highlight um, a type of food, a cuisine, a culture you might not be familiar with. And you did not leave our borders, did you? The American no, borders, Tim. No. But you we... spent a lot of time. So why don't you tell oh. us what it was? Okay. Well, ironically, or not ironically, but uh, coincidentally, uh, there was a campground we were in in the Shenandoah uh, Mountains that had a free uh, uh, free library that you could go and exchange, like the campground host. Mm-hmm. And they had written, scrawled on a piece of cardboard, that exact quote from Mark Twain. Is that right? And the, yeah. So it was just, so yeah, basically you asked me to come back and talk about this trip we yeah. took with my family. Yeah. And we... Um, we embarked on a six-month road trip in an Airstream trailer uh, and truck in 2018. We pulled our kids out of school, um, and they were in, uh, at the start of their sixth grade. Um, and it was uh, a trip of a lifetime. You know, we, we, we did it. We're very proud of it. Um, I tell people it wasn't a vacation because it was a <laughs> lot of work. But, yeah, I, that's, that's, um, that's what we did, and you've asked me to come here and talk about it. Yeah, and I'm very interested. We've had some discussions since you got back because you and I, you know, we are buddies. We see each other outside of the radio station. But I wanted you to share, share the stories. I, as I said just before talking about it, I found it very inspirational, and I was impressed that you actually did it because you'd been talking about it for some time. As you said, you took the kids out of school, and these days it's amazing with technology. They were connected with their classroom pretty much every day, weren't they? Still, yeah, yeah. Um, interestingly, though, I think that the the education really came from the trip more than yeah. than being connected back with the classroom. I can see that. Um, you know, the experiences were so different, but um, but the school really worked with us. Uh, Blue Oak, they were great, um, and so. Uh, and I was lucky enough to take a leave of absence, um, and take a break from work. Um, so we. Um, you know, basically, you know, we had been traveling as an Airstream family for a few years. Uh, I grew up doing road trips around the West um, in a 1970 mustard-colored F-100 uh, <laughs> with a camper shell and uh, wanted to force that upon my children. <laughs> force it on them. <laughs> okay, so, so that begs the question. Were your kids enthusiastic about spending six months? First of all, I'd like to get... Well, answer that. Then I'm going to ask you a follow-up question. Uh, they were, uh, I wouldn't call them enthusiastic. No? They, they were willing enablers. Like, they <laughs> they were hesitant. I still remember a quote from my daughter when she said, what about school? Yeah. And my wife and I said, well, you know, we can do that. And she's like, no offense, but uh, you're not a sixth grade teacher, Dad. <laughs> did you become a sixth grade teacher? Or Thankfully, you- no. No. So you let the school kind of handle that, and you took care of the broader education as yes. far as the travel and exposure. Yes, yeah. exactly. Okay. So six months in an Airstream traveling the entirety of the U.S. Like you circumnavigated the country. We did. We went clockwise. We started in the summer. You know, it was inspired uh, in part by uh, my father-in-law had... Uh, 
once we started taking these shorter trips, he mentioned a book that uh, he loved called Travels with Charlie, which is a John Steinbeck oh, book yeah. from the early 60s, in which he went out uh, after kind of suffering from some health issues and some writer's block, uh, went out and traveled the country in a truck that he nicknamed Rosinante, mm -hmm. which for the history bus out there is the name of the horse uh, in, um, oh, the... the, the um, we're doing charades now. Look, this is when we need the webcam. He's making hand gestures. Yes. My dad would be so... Uh, <laughs> the Man of La Mancha. Ah, uh, yes, yes, of course. Um, to dream the impossible dream. Yes, and the, the, uh, the horse's name was um, uh, Rosinante. Uh -huh. and, um, and so Steinbeck named his truck this. Uh, we, inspired by that, named our Airstream Rosinante. Mm -hmm. uh, and... Uh, you know, also just our travels, uh, my, my kids and I took a trip up to the, uh, to Oregon for the 2017 eclipse. Mm -hmm. We met some families that were kind of road schooling their children and that kind of inspired us. And, and then the year prior, we just had a really hard year from a health standpoint yeah. as a family. And we were like, there's nothing like that to kind of shake you into the, um, you know, just to shake you and wake you up and say, now's the time. And so we, we, when we decided it was pretty quick, you know, it was within probably a week or two where we said, we're going to do this. And we did what we needed to do to kind of tee it up. And, wow. then, and then everything kind of fell into place. And that's one of those things where I think, uh, you know, we've all kind of experienced that hopefully when you make a decision and then things start falling into place, yeah. you yeah. feel like, you know, uh, things are happening for a reason. It's and, meant to be. Yeah. And so, uh, doesn't mean it was always easy. Uh, but we, um, we got that out there on the road in the summer of 2018 and had six months to, you know, work our way across the country. It's, it's phenomenal. So hold it right there. We do have to take a break. So when we come back, let's hear about some of the experiences, what stuck with you, how it affected the family, maybe what the kids got out of it on and on. Sound good. Sounds great. This is Judd's Napa Valley Show on KVON. We'll be back after these messages. La, 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 la. Everyone's a Finkel friend on Judd's Napa Valley Show. 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 Would you like to hear more past episodes of Judd's Napa Valley Show? Go to Judd'sHill.com. Under Expressions, click Radio Show and subscribe to our podcast. Listen anytime, day or night, anywhere in the world. Now, back to the show. Thank you very much, Mr. Lorne Mole. Our guest today is Tim Kelly. He is, uh, well, you might know him as the proprietor of Kelly's Filling Station in Yontville. And uh, today we are talking about a bit of his, um, well, his travels. He's an artist. He is a photographer. He's uh, really a well-rounded man. For being tall and slim, you're very well-rounded. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And we were just getting into this six-month circumnavigation of the United States in an Airstream with your family, wife and two kids. 
And you said you were inspired uh, partly by uh, a book, Travels with Charlie, by John Steinbeck. Mm-hmm. And it looks like you have it here. Do you want to? Yeah, I thought I'd read a, an excerpt that kind of, it's, it's right at the start of it. And um, it's just right when I picked it up, it's, I'm reminded just what an amazing writer he is. Okay. Uh, was. Um, okay, so this is John Steinbeck from Travels with Charlie. When I was very young and the urge to be someplace else was on me, I was assured by mature people that maturity would cure this itch. When years described me as mature, the remedy prescribed was middle age. In middle age, I was assured that greater age would calm my fever, and now that I am 58, perhaps senility will do the job. Nothing has worked. Four horse blasts of a ship's whistle still raise the hair on my neck and set my feet to tapping. The sound of a jet an engine warming up, even the clopping of shod hooves on pavement brings on the ancient shudder, the dry mouth and vacant eye, the hot palms and the churn of stomach high up and under the rib cage. In other words, I don't improve. In further words, once a bum, always a bum. Hmm. I fear the disease is incurable. I set this matter down not to instruct others, but to inform myself. When the virus of restlessness begins to take possession of a wayward man and the road away from here seems broad and straight and sweet, the victim must find, must first find in himself a good and sufficient reason for going. This is to the practical bum is not difficult. He has a built-in garden of reasons to choose from. Next, he must plan his trip in time and space, choose a direction and a destination. And last, he must implement the journey how to go, what to take, how long to stay. This part of the process is invariable and immoral. I set it down only so that newcomers to bumdom, like teenagers in New Hatch Sin, will not think they invented it. Just a little bit further. Okay, I'm already picturing you as the teenager in New Hatched Sin. This is my favorite okay. paragraph. Once a journey is designed, equipped, and put in the process, a new factor enters and takes over. A trip, a safari, an exploration is an entity different from all other journeys. It has personality, temperament, individuality, uniqueness. A journey is a person in itself. No two are alike. And all plans, safeguards, policing, and coercion are fruitless. We find after years of struggle that we do not take a trip. A trip takes us. Tour masters, schedules, reservations, brass bound and inevitable dash themselves to wreckage on the personality of the trip. Only when this is recognized can the blown-in-the-glass bum relax and go along with it. Only then do the frustrations fall away. In this, a journey is like a marriage. The certain way to be wrong is to think you control it. I feel better now, having said this, although only those who have experienced it will understand it. Hmm. I can relate as well as somebody who likes to be out and about. And this was a major inspiration for you to gather the family, gave us a little bit of the preface about why it was important to get out just mm-hmm. before the break. So let's, let's talk about the trip itself a bit. You know, what were your going into it? What were your hopes and goals for this? It's a good question. Cause I think, uh, despite what I just read, I still, you know, we still develop these goals. I kicked around, you know, making a documentary or, you know, documenting everything and coming out of it with some finished piece of work, whether it's a book or a, uh, a video or, uh, you know, what have you. But I let all those things go and focused on just being present, mm. safe. Uh, I think we wanted to kind of give our kids a chance to um, see the country in one trip. 
to really get out of our bubble, like you've mentioned at the start, mm -hmm. and see, you know, we're, we're in Northern California. We're in a, the bubble of bubbles. Kind yeah. of thing. And in um, Napa, you know, from a, from a, you know, just a pure natural beauty of the landscape to the agricultural wealth we have here, to get out of that and see the Midwest and see the South and see, you know, excited about trying the food. But we, um, we really wanted to get out of our bubble and then give the kids a chance to see the country, study a little bit of the natural history along the way, uh, in the West especially. And then we had some goals loosely as we worked our way through uh, the East Coast and the South to, to tie in some history lessons from the Revolutionary War to the Civil War and then uh, kind of the civil rights mm. uh, you know, struggle. And that, uh, so those kind of were some of the things we thought were, you know, kind of those touch, touching points. Yeah. You, I mean, you have to have some hopes and goals. You, mm -hmm. That's just life. But to be able to be present and kind of let it happen to, I think is of the utmost importance at something I've, took me a while to realize when traveling, you know, things don't always go to plan. And Correct. when yeah. they don't, it can be very frustrating. But if you just kind of let them happen and roll with it and say, this is part of what traveling is mm -hmm. and you pivot and create new plans. You can also have wonderful experiences. So, yeah, I think, and that's a tip I would say anyone thinking about this is, um, one, one of the things I did was I planned the first couple of weeks just from a campground reservation because mm -hmm. it was summertime in the West. But beyond that, um, there's enough apps out there. And if you have a good co-pilot and uh, team, uh, you figure it out all along the way. And which is a great metaphor for life because uh, yeah. <laughs> <That> <laughs> yeah, none of it comes uh, written down with what's going to happen next. Um, so what was, what were some of the, what was the reality of it? What were some of the experiences? What did, what were some highlights? I and mean, if you want some low lights, want some of the challenges, I mean, those are kind of interesting. Sure. You always learn from those as well. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that I did bring, uh, my slide projector. I'd like last time I, I, I enjoy showing slides on the radio as a photographer. What, yeah. What makes for better radio. But, um, do you mind if I turn on my slide projector really quick? Oh, I'd like to take a look. Yeah. You know, we've talked about your trip a bit. I've actually never seen any photos. Let's, uh, let's see what you got here. Okay, there we go. The picture's coming up. And, uh, oh, wow. Yeah, what do we have here? Oh, get your headphones back on. There you go. Just a moment here. Okay. Uh, I won't describe the image. I'll wait for you to tell us what we're looking at. Isn't this just great radio? I'm riveted. I, it's been a while since I've sat with a slide projector, and I'm impressed that you have it. Okay. okay. Here's uh Okay. There ah, there. Here is uh, our one of our first stops in Winnemucca, Nevada. Yeah, I've, at a KOA. Okay, very good. Uh, you know, this, I've this particular KOA. This is a family shot with in front of the full vape shop that they had at the KOA. <laughs> well, so that's sort of got that got us out of our bubble. When in Winnemucca. Um, yeah. We uh, we traveled around. Here's a family shot of us at Yellowstone here. Oh, it's beautiful. Look yeah. at the clouds. That's a gorgeous uh, sky. That's big sky country, right? That it is. Beautiful. Uh, with, uh, you know, just a few of our friends there in, in Yellowstone. Not very crowded at all. I'm kidding. It was really crowded. In the summertime in Yellowstone? Yes, yes. Um, your... Here's one of Rosinante at the Tetons. Beautiful, right? Ah. Uh, oh, there it is. Okay, oh, there it is. Oh, oh, there we go. There uh, it is. It almost... Uh, <laughs> 
got jammed up there, but uh, she's a beautiful vessel. Um, and uh, this is such good radio. I can't get over it. Oh, one, well, just one really quick okay, one. Okay, one more. And then the I number wanna... one corn cob from Minnesota Street Fair. State Wait, Fair. That's it? But this is it. Good Lauren, Lauren, have you ever seen such a beautiful corn cob? I have never seen a corn cob this beautiful in my life. He's almost it, to tears. Thank you for sharing that, Tim. I mean, I'd love to see more and more. I could go but on. The, you sure? Well, let's maybe extra podcast content. I would like to talk to you a little more as much as I love slides. But, I mean, it was worth it for me to come in just to see that corn. Yeah, you can turn that off now. That's uh, Okay, thanks. Um, <laughs> fabulous. So... Obviously, you just answered the question, what was the highlight of the trip? It was seeing that corn cob. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> but in all seriousness, sir, what were I would like to know some of the highlights for you, for the family, and maybe some of the challenges that you overcame that maybe um, will stick with you as a, as a net positive, even though at the time seemed sure. challenging. This is a big, big deal. I think, yeah, yeah, I think... Um, you know, I think I'm still processing, you know, it's, you know, it's, you, you do something like this and then it affects you from there forward. So you're always kind of processing. I do think, you know, that loose goal we had of experiencing the history of the country from Lewis and Clark to the Revolutionary War and, uh, and then getting it down into Gettysburg with the Civil War. And then we, we kind of followed it up through the South. Mm -hmm. with uh, civil rights and there's just some amazing museums along the way national parks and just getting a sense of what we've been through as a country and what we continue to struggle with and where we continue to grow uh it was inspiring and also kind of humbling to know like it's all happened just over the past couple hundred years and yeah. and it if anything it, uh, you know, I had this perspective on how kind of fragile the whole experiment is. And uh, there's wonderful people around this country. And there's uh, just a lot of monuments to history that we can learn from and move forward with. So. Okay. The, um, to be sure, I mean, they're there and there are these great museums. Uh, you mentioned civil rights. And I think you stopped there. We were there uh, a year ago, April, at the Civil Rights Museum in Memphis. And I think that was one of your... Yeah, in stuff. Montgomery, Alabama. Oh, you were... Okay. Oh, we were well, at, sorry. Civil Rights Museum in Memphis with the MLK. Yeah. Uh, actually, in the Lorraine Motel. At the, yes. That was very powerful. Incredibly so. Um, and not far from there is uh, a social justice museum that's in Montgomery, Alabama. Mm. That's a fairly new museum that's dedicated to the victims of lynching. And oh. both of those really had a powerful impact on my wife and I. And I think our kids as well. So you exposed, okay, we're going to go dark here. How, how do you, well, I mean, you're in the museum. I guess that's how you broach the subject. But how do you prepare kids to be exposed to something that violent, that evil, that shows like the worst of humanity? I think these museums do a great job of putting it into context. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, they, you know, as a parent, uh, you, you kind of let the museum take the lead. And just, you know, just showing up and being present and listening to what they have to offer uh, gives you enough tools to kind of, you know, with a kid who's, you know, our kids were 11 at the time. You know, I think it made an impression, I, you know, you'd have to ask them if they fully, <laughs> what they took away from it. <laughs> All right, um, next week, let's bring exactly. them on, pull them out of school again uh, and bring them on the show. It, it um, I, you know, th these, uh, these museums are, do an amazing job 
um, for the most part. You know, we did notice differences, you know, like if when you go to Gettysburg as a national park, it tells, I mean, we could go on and on about this, but yeah. it tells a certain story of the Civil War. Yeah. Uh, and then you go uh, to somewhere like Stone Mountain in Atlanta, which is dedicated to three Confederate generals, right? Mm-hmm that tells a whole different story of the Civil War. And so our kids got to see that. Um, not that we spent a lot of time, you know, uh, we just pointed out the differences. Isn't it mm-hmm. interesting how, you know, one monument can talk about a event this way and another monument can talk about it that way. Well, it's good that you get to see them both and yeah, kind exactly. of see both sides and yeah. figure out what's happening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, it's hard to say there's, both sides of the Civil War, but we don't need to go there. No, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> I, I still want to hear about more of the experiences yes. and, and uh, you know, national parks and meeting up with friends. I'm sure making new oh, friends. Family and friends. And... That, that, was, that was a really wonderful moment where growing up in the 70s, uh, you know, we had down in Tucson, which was kind of like the Wild West even then, uh, you know, family and friends would come visit. And, and, and I think you know, for whatever reason, I think we're all busier now. It's harder to kind of carve time out to go visit family and friends. And with Facebook and FaceTime and face this, face that, like uh, to show up on a friend's doorstep in Chicago who I hadn't seen in 20 years or to see my cousin in Vermont that I hadn't seen in 30 years, you know, who gave me my first, uh, you know, Clash London Calling album when I was 13, <laughs> you know. It was uh, just wonderful to spend time with these people that I've known over the years and are spread around the country. And that was really a neat, uh, neat moment. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm a firm believer in um, staying connected with Mm -hmm. people on a literally face-to-face basis when possible. Yeah. Not the Facebook, not the FaceTime, although I'm glad, you know, they're there to stay connected, which which is nice. But to actually look someone in the eyes, have a conversation, catch up. Uh, share a meal, share a drink, whatever it is. Break bread is is so wonderful. I think friends are maybe the greatest resource we can have, and to be able to make them and keep them is uh, something special. You got to put a little effort into it, and boy, oh boy, did you <laughs> travel yeah. the country? Yeah, they, it was it was wonderful. It was wonderful. To to, to quote another uh, great, you know, American uh, artist, uh, David Byrne of Talking Heads and uh, recently his own Broadway show. Which um, I just got to see. Yes. You, you amazing. Really? If you go to New York, you know, please go see American Utopia. Is it can. still playing? And well, it'll start back up in the fall. It will. Okay. Well, I, I think it was the song, Don't Worry About the Government. Um, but he says, he says, um, if you come visit, I'll put down what I'm doing. My friends are important. And I've taken that to heart ever since I was in a high school and first heard that song. You know, I live by it like I live uh, by those Mark Twain words. You know, I feel the importance of those. I got goosebumps. Get out and travel and um, realize the importance of friendships. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and just to bring it all the way back to those friendly Canadians. Okay, let's do it. We had planned on the trip of going up into Canada at one point. Yeah. We couldn't get our passports for our kids in time. And... We thought surely we could bring our children over the border and back again. <laughs> but we looked into it, and you know that's trafficking, I think. Exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, we had to keep our uh, our travels within the country, which actually helped focus us yeah. a little bit. Um, but uh, that passport thing came back again, and it just was like 
you know, so now they have passports. And yeah, hopefully this summer we're, we're heading up to the, to uh, the north uh, to see uh, the Canadian Rockies. Great. Oh, that'll be beautiful. Um, I mean, we could go on for another few hours. I could bring you back for weeks and keep talking about your experiences, but we're getting short on time. So if anybody out there has been inspired to do something similar, are there maybe just like a couple tips you'd give somebody to keep in mind as you plan something you might have gleaned to say, here's something to think about as you plan. Sure. Find a place to stop maybe a third of the way into your trip and uh, where you could just unload about half of your stuff that you took with you that you thought you would need that you don't <laughs> and ship it back home. So we did that. Uh, thanks to the Oro family for actually <laughs> taking some of our stuff back from Idaho. Oh, and, uh, and then, um, uh, so let's see, practically, you know what, uh, there's several apps out there. We found, we really liked an app called Campendium that helps you find campsites mm. and whether they're, uh, you know, state parks, uh, national parks, uh, or RV parks. And, and keep in mind that, uh, you find the most interesting people in RV laundromats, RV park laundromats. Yes. You see, you're smiling, but I think you actually met. Inter- I'm guessing Absolutely. you actually met interesting people. You really do. You you and you have the most interesting conversations. You know, like we we don't spend enough times in laundromats. I think anymore. There's time. You're you're there. <laughs> you're waiting. So you yeah. converse and yeah, you connect. Exactly. Yeah. I can see it. Are you able to hang out for a few minutes? Sure. Like after we go off the air. Yeah. I'm just saying this on the air, so folks will look up this podcast. We'll do a little extra podcast content because I would like to talk to you about St. Patrick's Day, which is coming up. Oh yeah. Want to talk about about traditions and and whatnot, and the importance of those. There's something I want to do with a couple minutes we have left here on the air, and that is we're going to play a fun game we like to do here on Judd's Napa Valley Show. It's called Real Review Roulette. That's right. We are going to read to you. Well, Lauren is going to read to you, Tim Kelly, proprietor of Kelly's Filling Station, some real reviews gleaned from social media. (laughs) And you are going to guess whether these reviews that folks have left are from Kelly's Filling Station, they're about your place, or about uh, an Arco station outside of town here. Okay? Are you ready to play? Lauren, quote number one, please. Best gas station I have ever been to. The staff is very helpful, too. Unique place. Very clean restrooms. All right, Tim Kelly, is that Kelly's Filling Station, your place of business in Yontville, or an Arco station outside of town? Well, the Arco one, I'm not sure which one you're talking about, but I know we make a point to keep our restrooms clean. Not that the Arco one doesn't, but I'm pretty sure that's Kelly's. That's right. That's right. Okay, he's one for one. Let's go to number uh, the number two quote here. Oh, you know what? I can Hold on, I can do this. Okay, there we go. That's better. <laughs> you got it. Now we're Thanks. official. Okay. <laughs> I heard about that gas station before as being a ripoff, and I can honestly say that I witnessed it. I did not get gas. Nothing but a scumbag that was working there. All right, uh, Tim, is that Kelly's filling station or another station outside of town? Uh, We don't have any scumbags that are working at at Kelly's. I would say uh, this unnamed other gas station. That's correct. Okay. Next quote, please, Lauren. Um, W-T-H, this place is horrible. Under new management, this is a, uh, it just, we seem to run into a problem here. Let me see. Ah, okay, yeah, um, 
just change put an r in there and just say shirt sure okay, okay. yeah because right. i don't want to get fined by the fcc no no go ahead this is a shirt hole <laughs> almost all of the pumps are broken and why the hell are the drinks locked up i just wanted a red bull <laughs> so it sounds like kelly's to me but i'm not i don't want to give you Lauren, any clues that is a great uh expression like of the of the of the <laughs> Of the, so, of the social Tim, media what's post. a pocket dictionary when you need it? <laughs> know, so, exactly. what do you think? Is that a description of your place, uh, Kelly's Filling Station, uh, you know, or somewhere else? We do wear shirts with holes in them, <laughs> but uh, we are not a shirt hole. Okay, it's three for three so far. All right, last quote. That was, yeah, to be clear, that was not a review of your yes, correct. That filling is not station. Kelly's. No. This is a gas station destination, full tank or empty tank. You've got to make a stop here. It's like a glorious open-air emporium of gourmet treats, frivolous trinkets, and fancy espresso drinks. Oh, well, what do you think? Um, I think we got to restock the frivolous trinkets at Kelly's, but that is Kelly's, yes. That is correct. Tim, you did four for four. You got 100% on this. Lauren Mole, tell him, uh, let me see, do I have some game show music or something? I think um, you might. Um, tell him, da, 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 tell him what he's won. A year's supply of C's candies. That's right. You get, uh, what was it? My kids are going to be so excited. Oh, a year's supply of C's candy is yours for the taking um you just pay for it yourself and they'll give you as much as you want so whenever you're ready head on over there and give me your credit card I'll tell them lauren sent me <laughs> that's right tim kelly traveler artist entrepreneur dreamer nice guy <laughs> Oh, I want to say thanks for joining us. Um, no, I find that uh, you're often inspirational in much that you do, and I'm glad that you shared some stories of your travels. And uh, hang out. We'll talk a little bit more for some extra podcast content. And if you want, uh, is there anything you need to plug? I mean, you've got Kelly's Filling Station. Is there anything, any artistic, any Instagram, anything you want folks to know about? No, uh, there's uh, the, the, our art wall at Kelly's might be uh, expanding into some new... Uh, New territory in downtown Napa uh, in the next year, oh, but we'll find oh, out oh, in terms oh. of finding a, a space uh, that uh, creative things can happen. But I just mainly want to say thank you for what you do, Judd. I think you're an, uh, just a treasure for the, the Napa community. <laughs> and uh, and thank you, Lauren, for your wonderful uh, intro. Oh, you're so welcome, Tim. We'd love to have you back anytime. Absolutely. Well, <clears throat> I'm getting a little choked up. Thank you, you for a little the frog in your well, throat, Judd. I'm getting emotional that was very nice what he just said so oh. thank you very much for those kind words and uh, do come back and talk about this uh if something's happening with um, artsy things downtown we'd love to hear about it absolutely and now some extra judd's napa valley show podcast content tim do you want to talk about uh, do you want to do a little more do you want to talk about st patrick's day and traditions in general or uh you know i'm It'd probably just play into the stereotypes like we were talking about. No, um, one, you know, this is just a personal uh, admission. I'll put myself out there. <laughs> I, you know, you always hear the story of St. Patrick driving the snakes out of Ireland. And I was kind of trying to find out something clever to, you know, kind of contribute. And uh, I just never realized that the snakes were a metaphor for the pagans. <laughs> Oh, is that how it works? I just never, and I should have known because, you know, the Irish are great with allegory and metaphor. Great writers, obviously. But, um, uh, yeah, basically St. Patrick brought Christianity to 
the Emerald Isle. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the story morphed into uh, him driving snakes out, which you can only presume would be the pagans. I see. You know, I, I'd always taken that story as... Uh, you know, who knows the, the historical fact of driving all the snakes out, but I always took it literally, though. He drove the snakes out. Yeah, like piled but, them in an airstream and, yeah, and, and just like towed, off it, you go. towed it onto a ferry. And then and there are no snakes, the reptile sort in Ireland? I don't, and, and, and I, there may still be pagans. I was about you know, to ask, so. what about the pagans? <laughs> are there any pagans left there? Yeah, I'm sure so You know, you've... you've You've had your traditions. I know St. Patrick's Day, and yeah. we can use St. Patrick's Day as a jumping off point, but I know that you um, hold tight to certain traditions in general, uh, just because Well, you and I have shared are... these, yes. We, so, uh, we have shared, uh, um, you know, I think, didn't we do like some sort of combination Passover St. Patrick's Day thing or something <laughs> at some point? We, we have, um, yeah. My, my dad would have been proud of that. Um, but we, you know, we boil the meat, you know, mm -hmm. we do the corned beef and the cabbage. That's what I grew up with. Um, you know, I have fond memories of my dad. Uh, he, uh, he worked in the county government in Tucson and there were some other Irishmen and, um, you know, sort of an odd mashup of like, uh, you know, Hispanic culture and Irish culture, and it manifested in a bar downtown called Carlos Murphy's. Oh, sure. That's or, a, that's was a, it Carl, no, Carlos O'Brien's maybe? Oh. Carlos Murphy's is in Phoenix, right? I um, thought that was a big, isn't that one down in Mexico? Might be. Let's send your frogs. Tucson had its own Carly. version okay. of it. And, uh, and so my memories were always my mom kind of making the corned beef and cabbage, us, you know, kind of... Uh, we may have gone to mass that day or, or not. I can't remember. My mom usually went. My dad usually rolled in a little late and a little red-faced from uh, uh, drinks uh, from lunch that spilled into the afternoon. <laughs> um, but it was, uh, it was kind of part of the family tradition. And um, we were uh, actually a year ago now, my dad was in the hospital and uh, not doing so well. And we were able to sneak in some Irish whiskey to toast mm. and, and it had been a while since he'd had some. So it was really nice to kind of toast him with that. So sure. So, it enlivened him for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. There was <laughs> an, uh, a smile on his face. So, um, yeah. So those are some of the traditions, I suppose. And, yeah. Um, well, we'll certainly toast to him, uh, this coming St. Patrick's day. Yes, we will. With yeah. a, what was his drink? Uh, Which whiskey did he like? Jameson's. The Jameson's. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'll be sure to have a bottle on hand. <laughs> you know, you're, you were nice enough to have uh, to do some latka frying for Hanukkah. Oh, I'll, that's right. I'll be sure to lead yes. the Jameson toast for St. Patrick's Day. How about that? That, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> Lauren, how about you? Is St. Patrick's Day a, a part of your growing up? Any traditions? You ever do the wearing of the green? Or yeah, Well, I am part Irish myself. Okay. Well, let's... Uh, Let's hear. It. Did you growing up? Was there any anything that you remember fondly about the holiday, or um, or just, any of your Irish background traditions? Um, no, I, I always get a, a nice card from my my grandparents in Lake Elmanor every St. Patrick's Day. Oh, that's nice year. to get remembered by the by them. And is it is it um, what it, what it would be? See, I'm trying to come up. What is the St. Patrick's Day greeting? I know there's "Kiss Me, I'm Irish." That's like you see that on buttons oh, yeah. and bumper so stickers. You can say but what? Falti, which is uh, Ireland forever, or a thousand welcomes. Mm -hmm. There's Erin Gobra, which is uh, you know Ireland forever. Mm -hmm. Those are two good ones, and then uh, Pogamahone. <laughs> that one I've heard. <laughs> Actually, I've, I think Google I've heard all of them. Yeah, <laughs> we don't say that in polite company. So I assume these cards that your grandparents say send probably don't say that last phrase on them. 
<laughs> no. No. Kiss. That means kiss. Kiss my arse. Yes, yeah. indeed. Well, fun. That's fun. My kids like St. Patrick's Day. We don't have much Irish ancestry in our family that I'm aware of. But, you know, I don't, I'm not sure they know the, the historical significance. And the, I'm not sure they know the snake story. But what they know is that in their um, preschool, they're much older now, the, they'd come in on St. Patrick's Day and the teacher would have messed up the classroom and left little um, things that were green strewn about. And, uh, you know, the blocks would be toppled and there'd be books out. And if something were green, uh, in, that was just normally in the classroom, it'd be piled in one pile, everything green. And then the toilet water would be green as well. <laughs> Those leprechauns. Yes, exactly. And it, it instilled this great sense of wonder and excitement. And I don't know, I, I would think that would be kind of scary coming into a messed up classroom, <laughs> but the kids seem to get the biggest kick out of it. You know, the leprechauns were here. I, yeah. I th and someone else, we did this a few years. I didn't do it as a kid, but we did it with our children. Uh, and my daughter particularly loved it, is building a leprechaun trap uh, the <laughs> night before. Yeah. And uh, I, nothing could make their imaginations go wilder than this, you know, capturing this little thing that's like, smaller than an elf and very wily and mysterious <laughs> and unruly. Um, but finding different ways to capture the, the leprechaun was, was a fun evening for sure. Was there ever success? No, never. They, they no. always tripped the trap, but never uh, caught one. Oh my gosh. They're clever and wily uh, little yes. folk, aren't they? Yes. Well, I will look forward to, um, toasting with all you guys and, um, giving an Aaron Gobra and a, Pug a Mahone uh, in just a few days' time. So <laughs> thank you for uh, joining, Tim. And why don't you take us out with one of your favorites? What are we going to hear here? Oh, a classic, a classic. You know, I, the last time I was here, I played the Pogues. You yeah. let me play the Pogues. So sure. There's another one by the Pogues. Uh, it's an Irish folk song called Dirty Old Town and dedicated to uh, my, my hometown, Tucson, but also <laughs> our dirty old town right here in Napa. Okay, here it is. But my love, by the gasworks wall, dreams a dream by the old canal. I kiss my girl by the factory wall, dirty old town, dirty old town. Are drifting across the moon. Cats are prowling on their beams. Springs a girl from the streets at night. Dirty old
Usually that precedes something like that. Uh, thanks, Tim. This is Lauren Mole speaking for Judd's Napa Valley Show, a Gil Lamar production. Judd's Napa Valley Show.